Okay, let's get into the word. Father, we're thankful for, you know, it's such a privilege that we can be here with you and we can receive from you and give to you. Holy Spirit, let your voice be heard today. Let us hear your voice in our hearts today. Let the sound of God fill our lives today. In the name of Jesus, let your name be glorified today. Let let the joy of your presence be experienced by each individual here today. Spirit of God, manifest Christ in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles. Book of um, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start from there this morning. You know, at the beginning of the year... Um, I said by the unction of the Holy Spirit that you will have the kind of year that you create. You will have the kind of year that you create. And the reason I said that, it, it came by the unction of the Spirit because I hadn't planned to say that. But the reason I said that was because of what the Word of God says. Because you and I normally think that we'll have the kind of life that God wills for us. But the Bible teaches differently. That you will have the kind of life that you create. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. The Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it. By what? What is the it there? there? That's faith. It says by it the elders obtained a good report. It says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And then he says by this thing called faith, the elders obtained a good report, a good testimony. God gave them a good report. Through the thing they did with this thing called faith, the world, heavens acknowledged that Uh, They received a good report. Now now it goes on to say in the third verse that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now it's important to realize that the subject of this chapter is about people. The subject of this chapter is not about God. So everything the chapter is talking about It's talking about it in relation to people. Because of course we know that the world as we live in, in it right now, was created by the the word of God, wasn't it? Yeah? It, It was created out of nothing by God's word. But that is not the subject of this chapter. Because the subject of this chapter is what people did and what they obtained as a result of their faith. Do you see that so far? It says through faith, We understand that the worlds were framed. Notice the word worlds there. It's not the word earth, is it? It didn't say the earth was formed by the word of God. It said the worlds. Everyone say worlds. Now, this word worlds in the Greek is the Greek word aeon, which really speaks about ages of time. Ages of time. Periods of time. Now, it says that they obtained a good report... And through faith, these periods of time, the times in which these people lived, was framed and shaped by the word of God. Now, this is not the word of God in the mouth of God. This is the word of God in the mouths of these people. It says that these elders obtained a good report. God said, my goodness, look at his report card. Look at this man's report card. 
And over and over again in this chapter, he, he names people by name. And he says, look at their report card. And how did they obtain this report card? The Bible says they were born into the earth like you and I. And then they took God's word and used it to shape their world. They framed their world. They brought their experience of time into conformity to the will and the purpose of God. I said you will experience the year that you create. The Bible continues and elucidates and begins to mention them by name. Men who shaped their world with the word of God. It says in verse 4, by faith, who? Abel. Notice it didn't say by faith God. Because the subject is people, isn't it? It says by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Verse 5 says, by faith who? Enoch. Enoch was taken away, so he did not see death. Verse 7 says, by faith who? Noah. He, these are people, isn't it? And these people. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned by God um, of things yet not seen, moved with godly fear, um, prepared an act for the saving of his household. Verse 8 says, by faith, Abraham. And over and over and over again, God boasted about people who used his word to frame their world. So the kind of life you obtain, you must create. The kind of life you obtain, you must create. They shaped and they fashioned their worlds through their action of faith in God. So God brings things to pass in the earth and brings things to pass in our lives not just through the agency of his divine will but through our agreement with him. I'll say that again. You know, we, we need to hear this in our hearts because sometimes you can mentally agree with the truth but your life demonstrates that you don't really believe it. Yeah? A lot of times we can mentally agree. But, but our lives demonstrate that we don't believe it. And you need to hear this in your heart today. That God brings things to pass in the earth. And he brings things to pass in our lives. Not just through the agency of his divine will. But through our agreement with him. You know the prayer of agreement recorded in Matthew 18. Let's look at it. The prayer of agreement recorded in Matthew 18 it is actually um, not just an agreement between you and I. It is an agreement between you and God. If you look at Matthew 18, verse 19, Jesus was speaking here. He says, again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they shall ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For. Do you see the word for there? What does the word for mean? Give me a synonym for for. Because. So the thought hasn't ended, has it? Verse um, 19 says, if any two of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. Because where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Are you with me? So the reason why it is answered is because we are in agreement. There is an agreement between heaven and earth. For things to happen in the earth. For things to change in our lives. For the purpose of God to come to pass in our lives... There has to be an agreement between heaven and an earth. It is our agreement with him that changes things in the earth. Look at 1 John 
5.14. In 1 John 5.14, the Apostle Paul is showing us more of this. In verse 14, it says, now this is the confidence. We're talking about framing our worlds through prayer. It says, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. You know, the Amplified Version of the same verse puts it this way. It says, this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything or make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan. He listens and hears us. And since we positively know that he listens in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute confidence that we have granted us as our present possessions the requests made of him. So we see there's an agreement here between heaven and earth. For things to happen in the earth, there must be an agreement with heaven. Everybody here. So he says when you, when, when you ask for things according to his plan, in agreement with his will then it happens instantly then we know we have as our present possession um what we have asked of him and that is why jesus taught us to pray he taught us to pray that thy will O god will be done on earth as it is in the heavens Thy will be done on earth as it is in the heavens he has established his will concerning the earth concerning our lives But for them to be manifested in the earth, we must pray it out. We must pray it out. He says, pray that the will of God in the heavens, because it's not just about God having a will in heaven. For it to happen in the earth, men like you and I have to frame our worlds through agreement with God. Why does God, why has God created man to have such a privilege and a responsibility? In the execution of the divine plans. It is because the Bible says in the book of Psalms. Chapter 115 verse 16. That the heavens are the, 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 heaven are the, are the Lord's heavens. But the earth he has given to the children of men. For things to happen in the earth. Men have to partner with God. Agree with God in prayer. Through the exercise of our faith. To frame our experience of life. It is not just about the will of God coming to pass. The will of God will not come to pass in the earth unless you and I pray it out and through our faith in the word, we stand in agreement with him. And this is not some kind of passive agreement. Lord, it's okay, I agree. It is not some kind of passive agreement. We saw this last week, so I'm not going to go through it again. We saw the example of Elijah in 1 Kings 18, where in verse 1, the Bible says that God told Elijah that he was going to send rain on the earth after a great drought. But then in verse 41, we see Elijah, even though he knew the will of God, he knew what God's plan was, we see Elijah go up to Mount Carmel, and he puts his head between his knees, adopting the posture of travailing prayer. He knew the will of God, but he understood that before the will of God can come to pass, Once the will of God has been established in the heavens, it still takes the agreement of man on the earth to bring it to pass. So Elijah adopted the posture of traveling prayer and he began to pray. And we understand from what he did that his prayer was not to God to do what God had already said he was going to do. Through the prayer of Elijah, he was releasing power in the earth for the accomplishment of God's will. And that is why James 5.16 says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person makes much power available, dynamic in its working. What is this power available for? This power is being released from your spirit man to bring to pass, to, to bring to pass the will of God in the earth as Jesus taught us in Luke chapter 11. And it appeared that there was some kind of incremental release of this power because the Bible says that the first time he told his servant to go and find out if things had changed, things hadn't changed. 
And then he, he went on, on seven different occasions. And on the seventh occasion, something had broken into the earth from the heavens. The servant said, I see a cloud like a man's hand. So Elijah knew that enough prayer had been made to cause the will of God that was already established in the heavens to come into the earth. A partnership between God and man. Man partnering with God to frame our experience of life through our prayer and faith in the word of God. So true prayer, everyone say true prayer. True prayer deals with either aspect of the equation. We are either getting insight into what God's will is in a situation. Or we are helping bring to pass that will in the earth. That is what true prayer is. You know, we've gone to a stage in our Christian walk that we're not playing games anymore. Now, are you with me? We're not praying games anymore. So we need to understand what true prayer is. For, for you to be praying, you know it's the effectual fervent prayer. For you to be effective and, and get results, you need to understand that true prayer is either helping you know what the will of God is, or it is helping you bring that will to pass. That's what true prayer is. It, it, there's nothing else that isn't covered by prayer. It is not, oh, I just feel like saying a few things this morning to make me feel better. Well, that, that is something, but it's not prayer. So in true prayer, you are either accessing the purpose of God, because it is only when we align ourselves with the purpose of God that things will happen. Yeah? God is not obligated to bring your purpose to pass. It is when we know the true purpose of God, because we know from the book of Colossians that all things were made by him and for him. Everything was made for his glory. So what he's doing is he's bringing all things in alignment with his purpose. So when we as children of God come to pray, we are entering in to insight into that purpose and helping bring that purpose to pass because it is through our partnership with God that the kingdom of God expands in the earth. That is what true prayer actually is. So prayer is the main business of the church. This is what we're about. As the Gordon said, prayer is striking the winning blow. Service is gathering up the results. He said the greatest thing anyone can do for God and for man is to pray. You can do more than pray after you have prayed. But you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. E.M. Bound said, he said God shapes the world by prayer. We can do nothing without prayer. All things can be done. By importunate, importunate prayer. It surmounts or removes all obstacles. Overcomes every resisting force. And gains in the end. In the face of invincible hindrances. And that is why in Ephesians 6.18. The Good Speed translation says. That we should pray with every kind of prayer. Everyone say every kind of prayer. He said we should pray with every kind of prayer and entreaty. And at every opportunity, pray in the spirit. He said pray with every kind of prayer. There are different kinds of prayer. Pray with every kind of prayer. But every kind of prayer is either dealing with accessing and getting insight into the purpose of God. Or partnering with him to bring it to pass. He said pray with every kind of prayer and entreaty. And at every opportunity, pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, now in my studying of scripture... I have seen that there are four categories of prayer. I'm going to try to talk about them today, but, but I'm going to go at it from a different angle. I, I, I see from the word that there are four categories of prayer, and I'll just tell you what they are. There's what I call the prayer of inquiry. The prayer of inquiry. Yeah, write that down, the prayer of inquiry. And... Um, that is when we are accessing the mind of God. You know, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call upon me and I'll answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know. I'll reveal stuff to you. And we'll talk about that a little bit today. The prayer of inquiry. Number two is the prayer of petition. 
The prayer petition, that is when you are asking God uh, for something concerning your needs. The prayer petition. Number three is the prayer of communion. The prayer of communion. Okay? And the last one is the release of power. Everyone say the release of power. And that is what um, um, Elijah did in 1 Kings 18. So the prayer of inquiry, accessing the mind of God, the prayer of petition, the prayer of communion, um, where worship comes under that, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and then the release of power. Those are the four categories of prayer. Now, now let, let me talk about the prayer of um, inquiry for a little bit this morning. Where we seek the face of God and inquire of the Lord concerning things. You know, the secret of our lives is actually in the inquiry of God. Inquiring into the mind of God concerning matters of our lives. That is where the secret of our lives really is. And, you know, sometimes we need to go to a pro- through a process... In order to get to a place where we truly seek God concerning his purpose for our lives. And it is the grace of God that brings us to that place. It may not look like the grace of God to you. It is the grace of God that brings us to that place. Because sometimes we need to get to the end of ourselves to truly seek God. So the grace of God will allow you to get to the end of yourself. It's like, but why hasn't God delivered me yet? It is because his grace will allow you to get to the end of yourself so that you can come to a place of true inquiry about his purpose for your life. You know, in Hebrews 10, 9, Jesus was praying... And the Bible says, he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. And that verse says that he takes away the first, that he may establish the second. Jesus said, in sacrifices and bond offerings, you had no pleasure. I have come to do your will. And then the verse says that he takes away the first to establish the second. For thousands of years they have been killing bullocks and sheep and oxen. But that was not the heart of God for their lives. So God took away the first to establish the second. You know through the grace of God the Lord will bring you to a place where he takes away the first. It is the grace of God. Because he wants to bring you into a place of true inquiry. You know, there are people who inquire, but, but, but there are people who really inquire. There are people who come to God and say, God, okay, this is the deal that is being put together. God, give me the wisdom on how to, to, to make this deal come to pass. And then there are people that say, God, what is your deal? What do you want from me, O oh God? You are the potter, I am the clay. I will do what you want. One is inquiry and one is true inquiry. Alright? A lot of us inquire, but we don't truly inquire. So the grace of God will bring you to a place where he will take away the first to bring to life the true meaning of your life. You know, the Lord cannot put new wine in old wineskins. He has to throw away the old wineskins to put in the new wine. He pours us out that he may pour in. He empties us of ourselves that he may fill us with himself. You know, some of you have approached this June with a sense of, you know what? Let Let the year be over now. Because I'm already tired. I speak by the Holy Spirit this morning. But I tell you by the Holy Spirit that is a good place to be. Because the Lord 
will take away the first to establish the second. You know, John G. Lake made the statement. John G. Lake was, I mean, great, great man of God. Great man of God. And the Lord used him for all kinds of stuff. He made a statement. He said, the unveiling of consciousness, the unveiling of the desire of the flesh, the unveiling of the sensuality of the nature and the thought of man, the revelations of your adverse tendencies is part of God's purpose and necessary for your growth in God. He said, how can the nature of man be changed except the nature is first revealed? So there rises in the heart the desire and prayer for the Spirit of God to eject, to crucify, to destroy every tendency of opposition to the Holy Spirit. He said, think not that thou shalt attain the highest in God until within your own soul is a a heavenly longing to be like him who gave his life for us uh, and that longing possesses your heart. So in other words, he's saying that a true desire to seek God will only come when a real revelation of where you are comes to you. Are you with me? Some of you have done stuff this year that you never thought you could ever do. Is is this me? Well, he's helping you see where you're at. So it will will drive you to a place of true longing for him. True inquiry from him on how to live this life of Christ. True inquiry from him regarding what your hands should be doing. True inquiry from him regarding which direction your life should go. That also is the grace of God. Let's open to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The secret of our lives is in our inquiry into God concerning the meaning of our lives. And this inquiry can only be done through the Holy Spirit. And 1 Corinthians 2 tells us why. It says, verse 6, it says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. Now of the rulers of this age who are coming to what? Now, what is coming to nothing? Now, now I, I get impressed with intelligent people. I, I like to talk to people who are intelligent. I like to read books. I like people who stimulate me. But, but I need to understand that every stimulation I get from intelligence, if it is of this world, it is coming where? It's actually coming to nothing. The, the, the rulers of this age are actually coming where? To nothing. So that means that when God is leading me by his grace, he's going to bring me to a place where my dependence is not on the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. That, that, that's where the spirit of God is going to bring me to. Yes, we need to interact with this age. We are in this world. We are dealing with people that are in this world. We are dealing with business. We have practical things we need to deal with. But I want you to know that the Spirit of God is going to bring you to a place where your dependence is not on this age and the wisdom of this age. He's going to lead you in a direction different from that. And he's going to bring you to a place where you truly inquire for the meaning of life. And that is why your way is not going to be like the way of the world. I can tell you now, if you are a child of God, you are not going to succeed like the world. Using the way the world succeeds. Because God wants you to succeed in the heavens. He wants your success to to transcend the earth. I, I want you to understand what God is doing for you. So when you want to be like the rest, I want to drive like the rest, I want to build like the rest, 
and you want to make your life like the rest and get God to endorse it, God will trip you up on the way. Yeah, he'll trip you up on the way. He will trip you up on the way. Because he has greater things for you. Yes, he wants you to be blessed with all these things. But he doesn't want those things to be your focus. He will trip you up on the way because there is more to life than what you are seeing. And he has made you for bigger things. So when you ask, so, 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 I mean, what are they, do they have ten heads? Why can't I do what they're doing? It's because he has bigger things in store for you. He says the wisdom of this age is coming to nothing. The rulers of this age are coming to nothing. Do we live like it? Like we understand that? It says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God has before ordained, before the ages for our glory. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard. Nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Verse 12 says, Now I have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now the spirit of God, the Bible says such at all things, even the deep things of God. And the reason why the spirit of God has been given to us is so that we might know those things. Are you with me? That we might know those things that are in the, in the depth of God's heart concerning our lives. I has not seen it. Ears have not heard it. The, the, the wisdom of this age does not know it. So God has given you his spirit that you may know it freely. That you may know it what? Freely because the spirit of God searches the deep things of God. But it is only through inquiry with the spirit that you will get it. You know we saw last week in Proverbs 25 that says that um, counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. A man of understanding will draw it out. The depth of God. You know all things of God are deep. So when he says the deep things, he's not saying, well, there are some shallow things and there are some deep things. No, all things of God are what? That's why the carnal man can't even understand any of them. Because the deep things of God can only be understood and revealed by the Holy Spirit. And God has given you the Holy Spirit to lead you into a revelation of those things so that you will live in the earth from a spiritual perspective, using spiritual resources, Building a spiritual kingdom. But you would only live that way as you inquire through the Holy Spirit. And the Lord is going to lead you through a path to bring you to that place of inquiry. Are you with me? Because that is what your life is truly about. He's going to bring you through a path where you come to the end of yourself. And you now truly seek God for the meaning of your life you know as I was meditating on this the spirit of God revealed something to me because I, I, I thought to myself you mean the depth of God is within me because I have the Holy Spirit how many of you have the Holy Spirit here and the Bible says that the reason he has given the Holy Spirit to me it's because, and the reason we have given the Holy Spirit to you, is that you might know the things that I have not seen or ear heard. How many of you are, are, are knowing things that I have not seen or ear heard here? You are receiving revelation from the Holy Spirit. The, 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 that is why he has been given to you. And I began to think, well, well Lord, if this is the reason why I'm here, how, how, can, I, how can I receive more of this? I knew, yes, I, I needed to spend more time with the Holy Spirit. And I knew that I needed to spend time praying in the Holy Spirit because uh, we'll talk about prayer in a minute. But I know the Lord gave me a picture. How many of you here have ever used any kind of um, graphics package? Or even Word. Anyone, Microsoft Word, 
iMac pages. You know, you have these objects. You know, you want to draw a box. You click on the objects and you put a box on there. And you want to put a circle on it. You click on another object and you put that circle on the box. Anyone ever done that? Now, there's this function called arrange. Where you can have different objects on each other and you can decide which one is going to come to the front or which one is going to go to the back. And sometimes you can have several objects on on one another, but you don't realize that there's something else behind because there is something at the front of it. So there are two options. You can do go to back or you can do backward. Oh, some of you are looking at me like with this blank stare on your faces. So what backward does is backward moves the one in front backwards a little bit, little by little. And then sometimes a little part of the object will come forward or another object will come forward. But when you press go to back, the one in front goes all the way to the back and the one behind it comes to the front. Now the Lord revealed to me in this spiritual vision that that is what our lives are like. The Holy Spirit is within us. The depth of God is here. The one that's going to unlock the secrets of your purpose is here. But as long as you're in front, he is hidden from view. He is totally hidden from view. Remember what Jacob prayed at Bethel. He had a vision in the night. And he woke up and said, the Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. Some of us will step out of our bodies and for the first time, we will see that the Lord was in this place and we didn't know it. But it says the spirit of God knows all things. The deep things of God. As we begin to inquire in the Holy Spirit and develop a relationship with him, something happens where we now start going backward. Backward. And then he starts coming forward. We now start going backwards and he starts coming forward. And then, like Paul that said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Paul had pressed the go back button. So he was hidden from view, and the Spirit of God was in front. It's the same Spirit. And that is why in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. There is a power that God designed for you to live by that is hidden from view and will only come to the fore as you inquire diligently in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. This is God's plan for our lives and it's going to bring us to another place of inquiry. You know, a man of God had this revelation. And in this revelation, he was having a revelation by the Holy Spirit. And there was an angel that appeared to him and was showing showing him some stuff in the word of God. And he made this statement. He said, as the angel was departing, as the angel was departing from him, the angel said, he said, pray, 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 teach the people. To pray. Prayer and prayer alone. Much prayer. Persistent prayer is the door of entrance into the heart of God. Now we're talking about the fact that the spirit of God knows the deep things of God. And he has been given to us to reveal those deep things of God to us. Right? Now I've said that the way you receive those deep things of God is as we inquire through the Holy Spirit. But the, the way we inquire through the Holy Spirit is through prayer. Are you with me? Through much prayer. Through focusing on the Lord in prayer. Because that is the doorway into the heart of God. That is the process by which our own natural lives take a back seat. And we enter into insights concerning the things of God for our lives. As I said last week, these things are not on the surface. But unfortunately, some of us have to get to that place. Where we truly realize that without him we can do nothing. And then we now embark on this journey of inquiry. You know, God said, you will seek me and you will find me. Is that the end of this verse? He says, when you search for me, with all your heart, you will seek me and you will find me. When you search for me, 
with all your heart. You will seek me and you will find me. Indeed, the, tre- the treasures of heaven will be revealed to you. The secrets of your life will be revealed to you. The power of the world to come will be experienced by you. As you seek me, you will find me. When you truly search for me with all your heart. That is a prayer of inquiry. The prayer of inquiry. That's what I'm going to focus on today. But, but um, I just mentioned the other three kinds of prayer. Prayer of petition. Everyone say the prayer of petition. The prayer of petition is really um, us appropriating what God has already done for us in Christ. All right? You don't need to inquire about those things. All right? The things that God has done for us in Christ. And they happen instantly when you appropriate them. Mark eleven twenty four says, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. That is the foundation of the prayer of petition. When we find something as ours in the word of God, and has been given to us as a result of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we just stand on the word by faith, and we appropriate it. We don't need to inquire about it. Uh, are, you, are you with me? Yeah? I need to inquire about uh, my son's destiny. I need to inquire about, you know, w- w- the Lord's purpose for my life. I don't need to inquire about whether God wants me to be healed or not. Or whether, whether God wants me to go to heaven or not. Are you with me? Yes. Because we know from the word. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24. That he his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sin may live on by whose stripes we are healed. So what I do is when I see something in the covenant. I go to the word. And I say father I thank you because you have made it available to me. And I appropriate this to my life. I receive it by faith. And I declare with my mouth what I believe in my heart that it is done. And I begin to walk by that understanding. And I begin to declare the word of God concerning that area of my life. And it comes to pass because it is already done. I don't need to pray for healing. You don't need to pray for healing. Yes of course if you don't know how to appropriate it. Call for the elders of the church who lay hands on you and the prayer of faith will save the sick. It is not your prayer, there is our prayer. Uh, are, you, are you with me? Yeah, you just need to position yourself and say, okay, I'm ready to be healed now. If you don't understand how to appropriate, we'll help you. But I don't need to pray for healing. Jesus never prayed for the sick. Never. He healed the sick. Yes. Yes. He never prayed for the yes. sick. You never saw Jesus saying, Father, could you heal this person, please? No. He healed the sick. He said, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed. We don't, we don't need to pray for healing for ourselves. We appropriate it because it has already been made available to us. That's what the prayer of petition is all about. But then we have the release of power. The release of power is what we talked about earlier on. When we know the purpose of God by inquiry. Yeah? Are you with me this morning? Where we know the purpose of God by inquiry. We have sought the Lord on this matter. And we know in our spirit, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, what he wants for us. His purpose for us. Now just because we know his purpose doesn't mean it's going to happen. Just because we know his purpose does not mean it's going to happen. So what we do is we do what? Elijah did. We begin to release power. As we begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. About this matter. That we already know to be the will of God. Through our communion with the Holy Spirit. We begin to pray. We begin to pray. When we are praying. We are not praying to God. Understand me. When you are praying the release of power. We are not saying God. This is what you want to do. Make it happen God. I mean God has already told you what he wants to do. When you're praying the release of power, you are partnering with God and you are bringing to pass his will in the earth. As you are praying those prayers in the spirit, those prayers are not going to heaven. God is using your tongues to release power into the earth for the accomplishment of his will in the earth. You and God are in partnership together and you are releasing his power in the earth for the accomplishment of his will. That is why when a burden comes upon you to pray, you can't say, oh, I believe I receive it. He is done in Jesus' name. If you wake up in the middle of the night and the Spirit of God comes upon you, and you have an urgency to pray for your father, uh, and you don't know why, and you kneel down, you can't say, Lord, thank you, whatever is going on with my dad, let it be well with him in Jesus' name. He will die. Yes. 
he will die. Or the burden comes upon you to pray for the church. And say, God, in 2013, let your will for this body of believers, let the power of God be manifest in this place like never before. And you begin to pray in the spirit. You, you can't pray, Lord, let it be done in Jesus' name. It will not happen. We'll have a year of nothing. And we'll just do good Christian services. Shandai. But as you begin to pray, you are releasing the power of God. And like Elijah, Elijah sent up his, sent his servant, go and look, is it happening yet? No, it's not. He continued to pray. Is it happening yet? No, it's not. He's not. He continues to pray until there was a breaking forth. The Bible says that when the clouds are full, they would empty the rain on the earth. Yes. If the clouds are not full, no rain is coming. If we are not praying, no rain is coming. I don't care how much of the purpose of God it is. If you are not praying, it is not going to happen. Because it is through the prayer of the saints that the power of God is released in the earth. And it is only when enough of it is released that things happen. It is only when enough of it is released that things happen. That is the release of power. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. When you are praying the release of power, when you are praying out the plan of God and the purpose of God, the rivers of life are flowing from your spiritual man into the world, into that situation. And as enough of that power is released, the situation will change. If enough is not released, it's not going to change. If you say, I'm tired, well... That's the end of that. It is a responsibility, it's a privilege that we can partner with God. And lastly, the prayer of communion. This is where worship comes in. Communion with God. Communion with the Holy Spirit. We're not consciously inquiring about anything. We're just fellowshipping with God. You know the Bible says that they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. We're just fellowshipping with God. Fellowshipping with God. As we fellowship with him, we see more of him. As we see more of him, we become more like him. Because the spirit of God is given permission to, trans, to transfigure us into the image that we see. Worship is the secret to transformation. Because in worship, you know when I say worship, automatically people think we're singing songs. Worship is when we see who he is. The worship can come from the revelation of the word. And you see who he is. The worship can come from you are singing a song in the spirit. You get an understanding and you receive an insight. You might be singing a song by an inspired writer. And it opens your eyes and elevates you to seeing God. And when you see him, the spirit of God changes you into what you see. Communing with God. The power of habits are broken on our lives as we commune with God. You know, some of us this year will get to a place where our behavior surprises us. You know how, um, oh, I need to end. But I know how you can try and, you know, you cover up your, uh, your faults. Then you come to a place where you behave in a way that you are even surprised with yourself. Yeah? God will bring you to a place where you can't hide your faults. Where you have to go to him to change you. Are, are you with me? Because far too many people are living by their strength. And it's okay when you can control it. But you get to a place where you can't control it. And then you get to a place where it's like, you know what? I can't even, I, you know, I'm surprised at myself. And the Lord will smile and say, yes. My grace has brought you to the place where I want you to get to. And then you, you kneel down and you cry out to God and say, God, I need you. I need you. And then you are given the Holy Spirit permission to show you how. To show you how. To show you how. To show you how. We're going to end with 1 Timothy 1.18. First Timothy 1.18, Paul is speaking to his son in the faith, Timothy. He said, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according 
to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you wage a good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. He said you're meant to wage a good warfare. You see, this thing is not up to God. This thing that we're in is not up to who? It's not up to God. You know, since the resurrection, it's, not up, it's now up to us. Are you with me? Because what God needed to do, he did in Christ. Do you understand? He has given us the victory. His purpose is established. Since that resurrection of Jesus Christ, it is now up to us partnering with him. Either we are inquiring through the Holy Spirit he has given us to know his purpose. We are appropriating what he has already done. Or we are releasing the power to bring to pass what he has declared as his purpose. It is up to us now. Are you with me? It is our partnership with him now that brings it to pass. It's no longer up to God to do. It is up to us to believe and agree and bring to pass what he has done. And that is why Paul said to Timothy, wait, by this word that has gone forth, don't just let the word fall to the ground and say, well, the will of the Lord be done. He said, wage a good warfare. Take the word to battle. Take it to the battlefront. Take it to the offices. Take it to your families. Take it to your marriages and fight the good fight of faith. And the victory in Christ that has been released will be established in your life. And in the annals of eternity, your report card will be clear for all to see. And the Lord says, look at my son, look at my daughter, for they have framed their world with my word and have obtained a good report. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the sound of your word. We thank you for the voice of the Holy Spirit that we have heard today in your word. We thank you because the entrance of your word gives light and brings understanding to the simple. Lord, we stand as men and women of God, the redeemed, the household of faith. And we thank you for our heritage in Christ. We thank you because we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We thank you because the mandate for the kingdom of God has been given to us. Because the Bible says on your shoulders, on your shoulders, the government of the kingdom rests. We thank you for the mandate you have given to us. We thank you because we bring to pass in the earth that which you have established in the heavens. We give you thanks because we are strong in you. We are more than conquerors through you who loved us. We experience victories on every side because we have the word of God in our mouth and we access the wisdom of God through prayer in the Holy Spirit.